Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. This is the first episode in a new series on spirits, looking at all the different spirits of the world. A fascinating topic because there's so much variety. Whiskey, brandy, vodka, gin, tequila, rum, all made in different ways from different environments, from different products, and all with a unique flavour profile. In this first episode, we're going to look at the distillation process itself, exactly how spirits are made. And the distillation process dates back to the 8th century, when an Islamic scholar, Abu Musa Jabir ibn Hayyan, invented the distillation process. It's ironic that a, a Muslim uh, non-drinker should invent distillation, but he was doing so for medicinal purposes, and alcohol is extremely important for medicine. But of course, it's also very important for drinking, and some of these great spirits of the world are a direct result of his invention. So, how does this work? First of all, you need a raw material, which must have large stores of carbohydrates, and these come from different sources. And the most obvious one is sugar. This is obviously how wine is made. And so using grapes as a raw material or sugar cane can be a way of creating um, an alcoholic liquid. And sugar is soluble in water, and it's very easy to ferment. Another way is starch, and starch can be found in grains and potatoes, so for the production of whiskey and vodka. And starch is insoluble in water, so it must be converted into sugars, and we'll look at that when we look at whiskey and vodka, exactly how that conversion happens. And then also there's something called inulin, which is found in the agave plant, in, so that's for the production of tequila. And again, this is insoluble in water, and so it must be converted. And these raw materials can contribute flavour to the final spirit. So once you have that raw material, you want to ferment it into alcohol. So this will happen after conversion if necessary, or with grapes or sugarcane it will happen straight away. And what happens here is that sugar and yeast react with each other to create alcohol, carbon dioxide and heat. What the also happens in fermentation is the creation of congeners, and congeners are what give flavour to the product. So how many congeners you want in the product really depends on the distiller, and this can be controlled. And these congeners will come from the raw material, they'll come from yeast, they'll come from reactions with alcohol, and there'll also be the creation of esters, which are the fruity flavour profiles. Um, in uh, spirits production, wild fermentation is very rare, it's usually a cultured yeast. It, you can control what congeners come from that fermentation and how many you want depending on the yeast used. So then after that fermentation is the distillation. And so distillation is separating the liquid into its constituent parts and these, these are called fractions. And the most important fractions are ethanol and water. And so ethanol boils at a different temperature to water. So ethanol is 78.3 degrees C, whereas the boiling point of water is 100 degrees C. And so what happens in heating the alcoholic liquid, the ethanol rises while the water remains because of that different boiling point. And so this rises as vapour, and that vapour is condensed and falls down as a liquid, and so you have a much higher alcohol liquid at the end of it, full of uh, those congeners as well. And so distillation happens in a still, and these stills usually have some copper in them, or they might be made out of copper 
completely. Copper is very easy to shape. It conducts heat very effectively, and so it's very good for the um, distillation process. The only downside with copper is that it reacts with sulfur and creates bad aromas of rotten eggs. So the um, base liquid must have low levels of sulfur. Temperature gradient is important in the still as well, and that temperature gradient will vary according to the design of the still and the uh, size of the still as well. And so the more temperature gradient there is, the um, more alcohol you're going to generate. So that generation of alcohol is called the reflux, and this is where the vapors and the liquid come into contact, and this is where the separation of the fractions is increased and so the alcohol here rises as vapor and so the reflux is creating more alcohol separating the alcohol from the water and this is also called the rectification so the more rectification you have or the higher the rectification then you have higher levels of alcohol so when we talk about a highly rectified spirit we're talking about one with extremely high levels of alcohol of 96 percent whereas a spirit which has been rectified less is more like 70 percent uh, so rectification is, happens when there's more reflux happening, so you have more rectification, you have more alcohol. So within the still may be rectification plates which, in, which um, encourage the reflux. So there will be anything between three rectification plates and 42 rectification plates. And these plates hold liquid, and so that creates the reflux because the vapour as it rises comes into contact with the liquid, that creates a more um, ethanol in the vapor and that rises and rises and so the rectification plates will be built up and that will increase the reflux. To encourage this there may be a head condenser which is at the top of the still which holds cold water and that also increases the reflux because the higher the temperature the less reflux there is so having that cold water at the top will increase the reflux and the rectification. At the end there is a condenser and the condenser has two parts. You have the top part where the spirit enters the vapour and then falls as a liquid. So the condenser is actually uh, capturing the final liquid that's high in alcohol. And there will be a coolant within the condenser which is usually filled with water and that needs to be constantly refreshed to keep it at the cool temperature, encouraging the vapour to fall as liquid. And there are two types of condenser. There's a worm tub, which is a single coil, and then there's a shell and tube where the vapour passes through narrow vertical tubes which are surrounded by water and this is a more efficient way of condensing the liquid. So there are two types of still. The most historic one is a pot still and this is very simple. It's a pot which is connected to a condenser by tubes. A pot still has to be, do uh, batch distillations. So there have to be at least two distillations with a pot still and this requires lots of time and labour. So it takes several hours for the uh, liquid to be distilled and also the pot needs to be cleaned after that distillation and then you have to go through the distillation again. The first distillation separates the fractions and that creates an alcoholic liquid of 23% or so roundabout. The second uh, distillation rectifies the liquid so it's getting that high levels of alcohol and here the alcohol will be um, rectified to a point of 70%. The pot still is heated and there are different ways of heating the liquid within the pot. You have a direct heating with a gas burner underneath, that's kind of the more traditional way. More modern and more common these days is steam, using steam. So here you can do two ways. You have a coil inside the pot which is uh, filled with steam and that heats the liquid. And that has the danger of scorching the liquid. So more likely is a steam jacket which surrounds the pot and so the, the warm steam will heat the liquid. And this has more control 
rather than the direct source which only really heats the bottom. This is actually heating the entire liquid. You can also use a water bath which works as the same same way as a steam jacket surrounding the, um, the, the pot and warming the liquid with the hot water. So with a pot still you have the head at the top of the still and this is where the vapours gather and the reflux happens where you have that um, reaction between the vapours and the liquid. And then you have the linking tube which um, connects the pot to the condenser so those vapours rise and go through the tube and fall into the condenser. With the uh, steam jacket or the water bath you're controlling the heat. The more heat there is the less reflux there is and vice versa, the less heat there is, the more reflux there is, so you can control how much um, reflux happens and how much rectification happens. The higher the head, so the bigger the still, with the head right at the top, there's more temperature gradient and there's more reflux happening. So the shape and size of the still, as well as the, the heat and the control of the heat, decides how much reflux and rectification is going to take place. There may be rectifying plates within the pot still to increase that reflux, only three or four. Uh, that will not happen in Scotland or in cognac. So the first uh, liquid to fall into the condenser is called the heads. And this is the most volatile, and this one will not be used. That will just be uh, removed from the still. And then you have the heart. That's the base of the liquid, the base of the final spirit. And this is where the ethanol and the congeners, so those flavor compounds, are in perfect balance. And then at the end, you have the tails. This contains the less volatile fusel oils. And these can add richness and weight to the final product. So how rich and weight, uh, weighty you want your spirit to be um, depends how much tails you want to use. Uh, so the cut is when the distiller decides to stop using the spirit which has been created. And so an early cut will have fewer tails and will be a lighter uh, spirit, whereas a late cut will have more tails and will be richer and fuller bodied. So that's the pot still. Uh, more modern and more efficient is the column still, and this was invented in the 19th century by an Irishman called Coffee. And ironically, the Irish rejected his invention, and Scotland used it instead. And this is the kind of the birth of the Scottish dominance of the whiskey market because the column still is so efficient and creates high levels of very clean alcoholic liquid and the Scottish industry embraced the coffee still and became extremely popular around the world because it's producing high amounts of good stuff whereas the Irish were still using the pot still and were not producing anywhere near as much as the Scottish and so their industry suffered as a result. And so this is a form of continuous distillation. So whereas the pot still is batch distillation, this distillation is happening over and over again. So very efficient. And the reflux is promoted in different ways by head condensers, which I've already mentioned, or by preheating the liquid, or by pouring the spirit back into the still. And there are two stages to the column still. You have the first common column, which is where the separation happens, so separating the ethanol from the water. And then the second column, which is where the rectification happens. So really um, increasing those high levels of alcohol. And here the distiller can control everything. So the columns are full of rectification plates, up to 42. So those rectification plates holding the liquid, the vapors come into contact with the liquid and then rise, come into contact with more liquid and rise. So there's more and more reflux happening. And the distiller can actually... Uh, because he knows, or he, he or she knows exactly what is happening in the still, you can actually take the heads, heart, and the tails out of the still at the same time, knowing exactly where they are in the, um, the still. It's very efficient. 
Columns still going to have more than two columns, and there can be a, a middle column called a hydro selection column, which will remove the volatile fusel oils completely to create a completely neutral spirit. And so this happens when a highly rectified spirit, so right at the end of the process, enters the middle of the hydro selection column and then that is diluted with hot water from above and heated with steam from below and so that just completely cleans the spirit of the volatile fuels. They rise um, as they're more volatile and then the rest of the spirit is collected at the bottom. Uh, the, the spirit could also go through demethylizing and this is where the spirit is gently reheated to separate the methanol which is volatile at 96% um, alcohol and so that's very important for vodka where levels of methanol are closely monitored. So then you have your, your um, spirit. So after distillation several things can happen. The, the spirit can be aged in oak and we'll look at that more with uh, whiskey and cognac, for example, exactly what types of oak can be used and what that does to the uh, product, but obviously it changes the colour and allows a maturation to happen as well. And blending will be extremely important, and this can be blending different uh, maturation vessels, be blending different uh, batches from the stills, uh, blending different spirits which have been aged in different ways and different locations, uh, blending different, um, for blended scotch whiskey, actually blending different distilleries together. So lots and lots of things can happen there depending on the product. And then the spirits will be finished and it will be diluted with water because obviously we've created a very high alcohol liquid between 70 and 96 percent which will be impossible to drink. And so the, the water will uh, reduce the levels of alcohol in the final product to around 40% depending on the spirit. That water must be pure because it, because it cannot add any flavour to the final product. And so this is why the water um, in Scotland for whiskey is so important or for vodka in Eastern Europe, that water must be uh, crystal pure. And the, the spirit may be coloured with caramel. This is for consistency, and this is for the aged spirits which have that colour to them. It should not add any flavour. And then the spirit will be filtered, and it may go through a chill filtration, which may remove flavour, so premium producers don't like to use chill, fil chill filtration. Or char charcoal filtration, which will remove the colour, and this is very important for vodka, which should be water white. So that's uh, basically how spirits are made, going from the raw material which can add some flavour, the fermentation, the distillation which is where, which is the most important aspect of making a spirit because this increases the alcohol and depending how aromatic you want the spirit to be or how neutral you want the spirit to be using different methods. And then after distillation, the ageing, the blending and the finishing. So thank you for listening. In future episodes we'll look at different types of spirit. I'm Matthew and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.